When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the I don't know what the fuck I'm doing crypto edition. And this is me. No producers, no anybody. They came on beforehand, threw me in at the deep end. So I don't really know what's going on. The idea here is me live and unplugged answering questions from you from an ask me anything. And I've got questions from um, Real Vision Pro Crypto members. And I've also got questions from um, YouTube, and I'll be answering those. If you want to ask questions on YouTube, you have to subscribe to the YouTube channel. Again, I'm not doing this for free. Well, I am, but you need to subscribe to the YouTube channel. That's the idea here, because we produce incredible content, including the Real Vision Daily Crypto Briefing, that is really one of the best crypto shows in the world, and it's every day. It gives you the analysis that you need. So what are we going to do? Oh, firstly, obviously, because it's my show and I get to drink wine doing it, Today, I've got a Rioja Reserva 2005, so I shall be enjoying this while answering questions for you. And there was clearly a shit ton going on in the crypto markets. I'm going to give you my top level view at first, and then I'll dig into questions. So top level is above all things, it starts with the macro. And then we'll get into the more specifics later because that will come into your questions. The macro for me has been are things turning? Is inflation coming off? And is therefore the rate of change of rate increases going to reduce or not? So my view is that we've seen the peak in CPI. The market's starting to realize that they've been overestimating CPI and therefore inflation is going to start coming off. We saw that with PPI today as well. And I think we'll start to see unemployment pick up, whether it's this month or next month. Those are the signals the Fed is looking for to slow down. So when they slow down, it's the rate of change of interest rates that matter, whether they do another 50 and another 25 or another 50. Um, either way, we're getting towards the end of the rate cycle where they will pause. The pause is enough for the market to perceive it as the lack of pressure holding this balloon underwater. And when you take it off, the balloon can rise. And we've already seen the equity market take that well. I don't believe that that means if the equity market's going up, inflation's coming back all over again, we're in a big mess. I just think the Fed just stay on pause and wait for inflation to fall below the Fed funds rate. My guess is inflation will below, be below 4% sometime around February, March of next year. And in which case, if it continues to fall, which is my base case, in fact, I think inflation goes negative, then we will see um, the Fed eventually pivoting and going to rate cuts instead to stimulate. But that game is to be played for right now. It's a matter of the end of the macro story and liquidity coming. The global liquidity cycle is currently led by China. Chinese liquidity has turned up. And I put a tweet around this amongst all of my macro crypto views. Chinese liquidity leads. Global M2 should follow. And as we start getting through the liquidity cycle, liquidity is one of the key drivers of crypto. 
Crypto is driven by two things. The technology, which is Metcalfe's law, the adoption of that technology and its uses, which is Metcalfe's law to remind you is the number of um, connections on the network and the, sorry, the number of people on the network and the number of connections. So how much network activity is there amongst how many people? So that is Metcalfe's law. That's the technological driver that drives the exponential growth. In the middle, you have cycles. The cycles are driven by liquidity, same as all assets. And liquidity being drawn out as M2 shrinks, the Fed raise rates, other central bank raise rates, means that crypto falls. As liquidity flattens out and starts turning up, then crypto rises, as do other risk assets. So that's the basic cycle. Where we are now, where we are now is the liquidity cycle has now met the bottom of the exponential trend, the adoption trend. And that becomes an extremely interesting time to focus on accumulating crypto. What also happens at the bottom of liquidity cycles is things blow up. Less money around means those worst borrowers and people who have abused, abused capital tend to blow up. And we saw that starting in June in the crypto markets as the decent, uh, the, um, the centralized finance part, the CFI part of crypto blew up as credit became less available and you start seeing who's swimming naked when the tide goes out. And there was a whole bunch of people swimming naked. What we didn't realize, there was a naked whale and the naked whale was FTX and Alameda. Um, and that was something where it appears from what we know that Alameda went bust in June and out of that, they tried to paper over the craps, cracks with customer money to hide the issues because it would have brought down the exchange anyway because of the tie-ups with the FTT token. And then this whole thing gets exposed by CZ, but really the market needed to know this stuff. So that's where we are now. And I'm, I know we're gonna have a lot of questions about knock-on effects of that. So I am very focused on crypto right now as I am the macro cycle because they've met at the important part, which is the bottom of the liquidity cycle and right on that secular uptrend of whether it's the two standard deviations that oversold in the log regression channel of Bitcoin or whatever thing you want to use to show that we're there now. Now, that doesn't mean I'm saying the price needs to have entirely bottomed. I think actually ETH bottomed in June, but I don't know yet. Could it have a further spike back down to a thousand? I don't think it goes, takes out the 700 and whatever low that we had, but let's wait and see. So, okay, I'm going to start asking some questions. Um, firstly, from the pro macro community and pro crypto, sorry. So, from Bumbu, who I speak to quite a lot on the um, Discord, his question is FTX Alameda failure is on everybody's mind. The contagion does not seem to be contained. What other failures and market adjustments could we expect? How much long could this take to play out? I have a slightly variant view, but you know, I, you can't have much confidence. I think most of the bad leverage was taken out in June. And this was the final part that should have happened in June, but didn't. So what are the knock-on effects? Well, normally, if Alameda had gone bust, the knock-on effects would have been Celsius and BlockFi, etc. They already went bust. So we've got the knock-on effects of you know FTX having bought them and then can't fund them. But I think that was a kind of known failure. So is there somebody bigger here 
that is yet to get knocked on. You know, some people have looked at the banks like Silvergate. It's possible. I don't think that it's systemic for the banking for the banks in that respect, the crypto banks, you know, Signature, Silvergate, those two are the main, the main lenders in the system. What I do know is there's a lot of hedge funds trapped in FTX because FTX was really the avenue for the ability to short markets via the perpetuals. So a lot of hedge funds use them and they've got that assets trapped, which is a shitty situation for everybody involved. And I don't know how that resolves. I got caught out in MF Global myself. It was very similar. It took a while before we got our money back, but we got a big first tranche back. And then eventually over time, as the administrators and liquidators sorted it out, we got the rest back, but that took years. So that's one of the reasons I think the markets have been less aggressively pricing the downside is you it's difficult to short the markets a lot of the hedge funds won't use Binance for example because they can't get it through compliance um, and a lot of the other products aren't available on the other exchanges so it's kind of muted the market which is why it's been so quiet but there could be other shoes to drop I don't know really who they are or what they are um, you know people have been looking at Genesis jump and the other market making firms is it possible well, they've all said no, but that, as we know, that means nothing in this world because everybody says, no, we're all fine. Um, we're, we're just going to have to wait and see. Um, but I am biased towards if there is another sell-off, you want to start um, aggressively adding into it um, I, because the macro cycle is turning. And I think this is the final phase, the capitulation phase. And you know, I've been around this market since 2013. And I've been through all of these and I've seen all of them. And the sentiment is as shitty as I've ever seen it um, for obvious reasons. A lot of people have lost a lot of money being caught in all of these kind of fake crypto, which is, you know, they're centralized, um, they're opaque. They lend your money out in ways that you don't understand to give you a yield, which you're grateful for until you realize that you've had open ended risk on the back of it, which is one of the reasons I've said Please don't take uh, don't use yield. Staking yield is fine as long as you understand that your risk is the currency that you're staking in, which is Ethereum or Solana or whatever it is that moves up and down. You're going to make or lose money according to that. But the yield is relatively safe because it's written into a smart contract. Yield otherwise, I don't like. I don't take it. I don't use it. Um, same with um, leverage. I don't like leverage. If you're going to use leverage, and people will come to me and say, well, you said you were leveraged long in um, Ethereum. I used call options that had 5% of my capital at risk and I got a wrong bet and I lost that 5% in the call options. Totally defined risk. So it's defined risk taking and options are great for leverage like that. Um, they're not easily available in crypto. Foreigners can use things like Deribit. Um, now, uh, Ledger X, which was the US version, is all tied up in this bloody... Um, Sam Bankman Freed mess. So I don't even know how that's going to work. And that's another issue for the hedge fund market. There's there's no option market unless you can trade offshore. So it's really complicated out there. Um, but let's wait and see. But don't use leverage. If you do use call options, but you still have a risk, the exchange goes under and you might not get paid back even if you win. So just be careful with this stuff. Don't risk your life on it. Um, and don't use yield unless it's staking yield and you understand you're taking the risk in the underlying protocol. Um, so let's see how much longer it takes to play out. Um, the answer is I don't know. Um, 
market could have rallied today, didn't. So, you know, maybe we've got the other leg lower. I think people want lower. I think there's a lot less buyers around right now, again, because a lot of hedge funds have got their positions trapped. You know, I run an asset management business that invests in hedge funds. We had one that got trapped. A few have had some of their balances trapped on FTX. So it doesn't look as systemic as I feared, but I don't know yet. So, um, but again, it's not that the hedge funds are going to go bust, it's just that their capital gets frozen. So it's a bit weird. Next question from Stevie Buckets, also uh, Real Vision Pro Crypto. Why do you think there hasn't been a further market dump post the FTX insolvency? Is contagion likely to further market weakness in crypto markets? Same question. It's either mainly priced in or nobody can short the market. Um, who else is left to sell? Most of the people are kind of diamond handers right now. Um, most people got flushed out in June. So I'm, again, I'm actually not that bearish, but I'm open to the possibility there's more downside. I'm pretty sanguine because my time horizon is much longer term. So, I, you know, I expect machinations like this. I expect, you know, 80% drawdowns. I've had them in the past several times. I'm kind of used to it. And remember, once you put it on a log scale, those drawdowns never go to the previous low because we've got an exponential uptrend over time. So, you know, it's really a long-term game. I'm not a short-term trader, so I can't really help with the short-term side of it. I think it's a dangerous in an 80-vol market unless you really know what you're doing to be a short-term trader. But to be a long-term trader, these kind of points are really interesting. Um, Gladiator Conan, what will have to happen in order for Bitcoin and Ethereum to basically die? <laughs> Which is a slightly bizarre question. Um, I don't think they can die. Can interest die over time so you end up with a smaller pool of users? Well, we haven't seen much evidence of that. If I look at the Metcalfe's law models, these networks haven't really grown a lot since 2021, um, maybe even the end of 2020. Um, and that's to be expected. But for them to die, we need all of Web3 to stop developing and the exponential trend of adoption to entirely stop. And I think that's just highly unlikely. So I, I just don't see it. Okay, so let's, I'm gonna get rid of those questions now. So that's the ProCrypto members. Time for a sip of wine. It's actually drying my mouth out, so I've got some water as well. Okay, questions. I'm gonna go back in the feed a bit. Some guy G, 20,000, 20K ETH bro. So this is the usual dick behavior that you wanna get by point scorers on YouTube and Twitter. Is like, I bought call options thinking that the chart pattern of Ethereum following the Bitcoin pattern from the previous cycle might play out. Those call options were 5% of my risk. That risk, that bet was wrong. I've made millions of wrong bets in my life and I will continue to make millions of wrong bets. Over time, I've been a lot more right than I'm wrong. Um, and I got that one wrong. And I explained when I did it, but it was in options and I had to find risk. So 20,000 ETH didn't work out. Can it get to 20,000 in the future? Yeah, I'm pretty sure of it. So that's what it is. Thank you for that utterly useless question. Um, question from D. Are you bullish on DeFi after what happened in FTX? Yes, I am. I think DeFi is proven through all of this stress to work. So DeFi, for those of you who aren't aware of the difference, 
it's the basic, the liquidations and the elements are all written into the smart contract. So it happens regardless of humans. And that has worked really well, been really robust. The issue with DeFi is the UX is so shitty. It's beyond anything I've seen before. It's like trying to run something in basic on your computer. You have to use bridges. You have to use Uniswap. You have to do this. You have to do that. You have to scratch your ear like this. You have to jump on one foot and sing the national anthem backwards so you can use the protocols. It's a mess, but it will get better. It will get easier. And then we'll see, I think, hopefully we'll see better integrations into things like Ledger, where you can just basically use these things more effectively and it just becomes a seamless operation and you know what risk you're taking. You know, risk identifiers are a really important part. So I can see that Michael asked the question, uh, sorry, M asked the question, how do macro and crypto relate? Uh, I think I've gone through that. It's the liquidity element of macro that drives crypto along with the technology part of crypto, the Metcalfe's law element. So I think that's an important thing. Now, remember, if you want to ask questions, you have to become a subscriber to the YouTube channel. I haven't seen that number rise yet, so I'd appreciate it if you clicked the um, subscribe button. So then you can ask a question and also you'll get updates from other great content that we have on this channel. Um, Ernesto makes a point. Ernesto's uh, a common Real Vision follower. 24% is still he held in exchanges. That's crazy. It is, but not all exchanges are going to zero. I mean, people like Coinbase run really good exchanges. I'm, I'm pretty confident of places like Kraken. Now, you can't be 100% confident in anything, but Kraken run a pretty conservative business model. And so several exchanges do. So don't assume every exchange is terrible. We've seen it in financial markets. Not every bank is terrible. Not every brokerage house is terrible. But Christ, we've seen banks and brokerage houses go bust. We've seen hedge funds go bust. Not every hedge fund is terrible. So don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. Just realize that in FTX, there was bad management and fraud. And that deserved to go under. It did not deserve to take people's money with it. And it's horrific. And as I said, I got caught out in MF Global in the futures brokers market with something like that too. Um, Alex Humphrey, simple question, Raoul. What the fuck's going on? Liquidity is being drawn out of all financial markets. Anybody swimming naked will be shown up as the tide goes out. It's as simple as that. It's as old as the leverage cycle. Humans love sex and they love leverage almost equally. It's ridiculous, but that's what they do. Even though crypto has a, you know, about a Bitcoin itself performs at about 140, 50% a year through the cycles. And yet people still want to take leverage on that because they think it's not enough money. It's ludicrous, but I can't, I can't help it. You know, it's a degen market. And I also understand that people want to do something with YOLOing because people are disadvantaged in the financial world. They can't get access to products and markets and crypto gives them access to like early stage VC style technology investments that have exponential upside. I really understand why people get involved, but I don't see many VC people using leverage in VC because these things are fucking volatile. So just be careful out there. Um, Anthony Shi, just self-custody. Um, I think this is really important. Anybody who's been around this space for a while and seen bankruptcies happen, 
is the reason I got into crypto in the first place was because I went through the financial crisis and nobody knowed, knew who owned what in the banking system. So when Lehman went under, it was a big mess of trying to figure out who the hell owns what. Then in Europe, Cyprus, the banks went under and in Spain, we had some bank failures too. And what happened is in Cyprus, they bailed in the depositors which means you were just happily leaving your money on deposit in the Cyprus bank and they take it and say, well, it's actually our money now. I, you don't own it. In Spain, they did something even ruder. Well, I don't know if it's even ruder, but more Machiavellian. They told savers, hey, listen, we can give you higher rates of savings on these things on this account. That account was preference shares. And then they defaulted on the preference shares as the banks went under. Uh, it was criminal but they didn't get prosecuted for that so this kind of shit happens all the time and i saw that and when i saw blockchain i realized that you could self-custody own your assets outside of the financial system and nobody could touch them that is the key key thing about the crypto markets that make them different every time you go closer to what the traditional financial market looks like you are adding on risk custodying Bitcoin, Ethereum in your own ledger device or Trezor device is as low risk as you're going to get. Now, obviously, there's all the password elements and remembering a seed phrase, all of that. But it's then down to you. You are responsible for your own money. I like a world where we're responsible for our own money, like I'm responsible for my own car, my own house. Somebody else isn't responsible. Why should I do that with my crypto or my money? Um, and so I think it's a really important thing. Now, of course, we all need to use exchanges. So what do, what do we do? You do your trading on exchange, you buy and sell what you want, you take it off the exchange. That's it. And you can do the same with your NFTs. I'm a huge Ledger fan. Just store them there. If it's shrapnel and shit you don't care about and you want to trade out of it, sure, leave it in your MetaMask, leave it in uh, wherever you want, but don't leave big balances. You don't need the risk. Crypto gives you the answer of not needing to take risk. So I love that. Okay, let's move down to some more questions. So Raul, from Robert Batchelor, what are your thoughts on Solana? I really like Solana. And I understand that the chain breaks. I also understand that they're fixing it. I also understand that that's a known known. And one of the elements was it was concentrated in its ownership because of FTX. They are now having to liquidate it. And so you're getting rid of one of the issues. Solana itself, I think, is doing something very clever. In cryptocurrencies, what matters is narrative. Bitcoin narrative, digital gold, for example. Ethereum, the you know, internet, you know, the, the distributed internet for Web3. So where do these other chains fit in? Well, Solana has and is building a narrative, which is it's the consumer chain. And yes, there's some others doing that. Flow, I think, is another example, much smaller. But the consumer Internet, these are the people who've done the deal with Meta, doing deals with Google. They've got stores. They've got clothing lines. They have a consumer feel to it. And I believe consumer adoption, not at owning cryptocurrencies, but the use of NFTs, and other digital assets 
is only going to explode over the next few years. We've just seen Nike building out more. We've seen Adidas. We've seen the fashion brands. We've seen Ticketmaster. We've seen so many people. And I think this is a really, really important thing. And I think Solana has a bloody good chance. And Solana reminds me of Ethereum back in 2018 when it was down 97% and nobody cared. And that was a great bloody opportunity. So I actually really like Solana. You know, I also like Matic, you know, Polygon, they're doing the same. They're really finding use cases at scale. And that's what matters for Metcalfe's law. And therefore, that's what matters for price. So I'm interested in them. Uh, let's wait and see. Um, HUD, why don't you like Matic over Solana? Um, I just kind of understand Solana better because it's a layer one, not a layer two. So with a layer two, the value accrual to the chain is less because they charge lower fees. So I don't know how that works. Now, it doesn't mean I don't like it. I think it's great. Um, but I don't know how the value accrual, accrual works in the same way. Um, and therefore, it's less obvious to me than Solana. But, but it is a great project. I have nothing against it. I own some. Um, thoughts on Hedera? I don't have any. Um, what about the recession and growth falling from Retro Music Trip? Um, yes, growth is going to fall. And yes, we're probably going to recession. And yes, that is good for crypto markets. Because yes, that means interest rates aren't going to rise as much and even fall. And liquidity comes in to bolster the economy eventually. So I think the markets are forward looking and therefore growth is a net positive. Falling growth is a net positive. Tosa or Tosa, what are your thoughts on ADA Cardano? This question comes up as many times as the XRP question comes up. I don't care for it much. Um, I don't think there is as many use cases, broad use cases that I'm seeing on other chains. And if they manage to do that, then I'm interested. But right now, I just don't see that. So I think it's more of a narrative-driven retail token than it is a serious e ecosystem like Solana. And again, I'll happily change my mind. I don't have anything against it. I just don't think that. Jackie Cornell, thoughts on Nexo? I don't know. Um, I've interviewed them. Sound like they've got good risk management. But I'm not a yield guy, so it's not something for me. If you want yields, then by all means, check them out. But I don't know. Now, to be fair, they're a sponsor of, of Real Vision. Um, but again, I'm not a yield guy, so it's not for me to do. I just don't like doing yield. Um, and But I, that's no dispersion on them. As I said, I've interviewed them. It's on YouTube. Uh, you can check it out and make your own decisions. Um, Sean Griffith, thoughts on Tezos? I'm not really focused on Tezos. Um, the person I know that is, is Mark Cahodas, who some reason wants to pick on me on, on Twitter, but um, I'll ignore that because I like Mark. Um, and I will say that Tezos has some great elements about it and the fact of how it, 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 um, it's dealt with on a legal structure, I think is an advantage. But at a basic level, I hear a lot of people love the Tezos NFT um, market because it feels a bit more punk and a bit more wild and a bit freer. And I think that's interesting. Um, so I have nothing, nothing wrong to say about Tezos. I don't own any, own any uh, interesting project. Generally, wait and see. They haven't got mass adoption yet. So again, doesn't fit my Metcalfe's law thing. 
Um, Zane Tan, living the Web3 life. Hey, Ral, thanks for this live show. What do you think retail investors should do to stay in the long-term game of crypto without sacrificing mental health? Okay, that's a bloody good question. Buy it and don't look at your P&L. And buy the sell-offs. I actually distance myself. I've got hourly charts on the bloody screen. I don't trade hourly. I haven't traded crypto for ages. I just buy it, store it, and occasionally I make an asset allocation switch. I'll switch out of one thing and buy some Matic, for example. And then I'll just sit for months at end without doing anything. And I, um, what you need to do is just don't open your ledger and look at your P&L. Is bit, sure, be involved in the drama of the markets. Don't be in, involved in the drama of your P&L. If your time horizon is 10 years, it makes no difference what it does this week, next week, this month, this year. But if it gets down to really oversold levels, then you should be trying to add. So that's what I think about that one. Um, Ian Blake, can Real Vision take over the FTX sponsorship of the Mercedes Formula One team? Um, I think that's probably hubris. <laughs> if we are sponsoring a Formula One team, you probably want a short Real Vision. Um, drink, at, drink at Rails Bar, is that how you keep your mental health? Yes. Actually, at the end of the day, when you've got so much noise in your head, Something like a glass of wine actually helps you just filter down the noise a little bit. Um, that doesn't mean you need to get shit-faced, but it actually is a good thing. And I lived in Europe for most of my life, and a glass of wine is a normal course of events. Um, so Web3 Gaming on the Metaverse from Castellero. Uh, I've lost the question now. What will be the main driver for the next bull run? I actually think it's stuff like ticketing. I also think it's what Meta are doing by making NFTs available. I think NFTs are probably the big enabler here. Uh, NFTs are obviously for ticketing as well. Um, I, I think it's probably NFTs. Uh, I don't think it's Metaverse yet. I don't think it's big enough. Uh, Web3 for gaming, we're all waiting for that breakthrough. Does it happen? Does it not? I, I don't know. I'm not a gamer, so it's not. I'm not really the person to ask. Um, Barry Dwyer, what about Fed funds rate going to five and a half percent? Well, the market priced in five percent. So if it goes to five and a half, that's a small rate of change increase, not the end of the world. Markets won't like it because it means the inflation numbers have been stickier or higher than expected. But, you know, is that enough to crash the markets or something? I, I, I just don't think so. Um, Jamos Ricky, question. Why would businesses use blockchains that are transparent like ETH, SOL, etc., when anyone can look at a transaction in and out? Would a private ETH-like blockchain like Dero be a better choice? I think the elements of transparency of blockchain are what blockchain is all about. And I think, yes, there'll be edge cases for people who want blockchain privacy, but I think the point being is if we're trying, if our enemy is the Web2 world of concentrated data and concentrated hands and our money concentrated in a few people, transparency is actually a good thing. We want to see who's doing what. Um, and I think more transparency is good. Now, I, you know, it's not really nice because nobody wants us to post our bank statements online. So why do we need to do it with our crypto? So you can take ways of trying to, 
conceal your holdings from everybody because you know nobody really wants that to be known but you're transferring around the system and what you do i think transparency is actually a good thing uh 60 nut or donut or whatever it is Raoul, do you want to do you stake any of your ethereum at home remote validator with any staking derivative like lido rocket pool stake wise i don't stake i don't care for yield don't give a shit um, I don't see what the point of locking my ETH is for a year to get a 5% yield. I mean, 5% is a bit off a spread in a day in ETH. I just don't get it. And I've never been a yield guy. I've always been the macro guy. I understand a lot of people like staking. And I, I have nothing against staking. I just don't care for yield. I'm a price drive guy. I'm a macro guy. And I'm not driven like that. So I don't sell options. I don't buy stuff for yield or in macro land, I don't buy stuff for carry. It's just not my gig. My gig is price up, price down. And that's the risk I'm happy to run because it's a quantifiable, idiot-proof risk. You know the risk you have. And then you've got the esoteric risk of what exchange, my custody in crypto. You don't even need to have that. So you just run, if, I, if you're storing in your ledger device, you've got one risk, one major risk, which is price. Great, we understand that one. And then you have a risk that something happens with your um, with your keys. And that's a risk you can mitigate much better. You never store them at home. You store them in a safe place. You store them in multiple safe places. You put them on a metal device and you're done. Um, so that's how I think about it. So your risk is now minimal. But the moment you start entering a financial system where money is pulled, you end up into risks. And so I don't like any of that and I don't like yield. Um, okay, has the Peter macro question, has the dollar peaked? Um, is it a wrecking ball? So I think the dollar's peaked for now. Um, I've been writing about this and you can sign up. If you go to my Twitter account, I've got a free newsletter that's based on my work in Global Macro Investor. Um, I urge you to sign up for that. It's free, and I think it'll help you a lot. Um, I think the dollar's top for now. Um, I do not think the dollar bull market, structural bull market, is over. I think the dollar milkshake theory is alive and well. This tipping point where growth is falling, starting to fall, and inflation is coming off, and rates, the rate of change of rates comes down, the dollar tends to do badly. If we hit the eye of a recession, the dollar will do well. It always does. The dollar has a smile when the world is going really well or really badly, the dollar does well. So in the middle, and we're going to that movement phase, the dollar does less well, which is why the dollar has been selling off. And that's normally a net positive for crypto, but obviously we've got a lot going on in the crypto market. Uh, William Kilrain, question, was FTX collapse the capitulation? Um, I think the capitulation was in June, but I could be wrong. Um, we'll have to wait and see. Um, it's a... I think it's a sentiment capitulation. I mean, I've seen people I've known for a long time in this market, friends of mine who I'm really close to, just going, well, fuck this, I've had enough of it. Or this is the worst thing I've ever seen. You know, I can't, this space is never gonna recover. Usually that happens around the low, so we're close. Um, Henrik West, um, sorry, C, question, you still believe in Solana? I covered that question earlier. You can go back and watch that later. Um, Jay, pro rock do you have any strong feelings thoughts on ubi will we get to a point where it's a real realistic possibility 
and will it have the benefits the pundits say? I think this is a crypto, ask me anything, and universal basic income, I think, is not really a crypto topic, although I do believe that you'll be able to earn a universal basic equity by earning tokens within the communities that you operate and add value to. Um, and so there will be a different way of solving that that I think people haven't thought through. And I've talked through that before on some of my videos. Um, Poke Hunter 3, will CBDCs enable offsetting interest payments across users, i.e. positive interest for, for some and negative interest for others? Yes, I think that is coming. I think being able to distribute monetary policy in a more fair, targeted manner that helps some people and penalizes others is probably net an advantage than the broad one-size-fits-all monetary policy. And I think that is one of the things that CBDCs can do. Will it do it this cycle? No. Will it do it next cycle? Probably not. The cycle after that? Probably. Um, okay, here's a good question. Can't break 90. Can you explain Mark Hoda's criticism against Real Vision? at this time. So I would consider Mark a friend. Um, and Mark knows my um, my phone number and messages and has messaged me privately. But publicly, he said he asked me on Twitter to get him and Sam Bankman-Fried together for an interview. I explained to Mark, I don't know Sam. Um, I've interviewed him twice on Real Vision. And I've had one call, other call with him in my life. And that was in January 2021. So I'm like, I, I can't get hold of him. So it's not really in my wheelhouse. And I, I don't think I'm in a position to be able to therefore bring him on the platform for you to debate him. And I respect Mark. You know, Mark is very good at what he does. And I said to Mark, listen, I also think this Alameda thing stinks, but I can't help you. But for some reason, he's blaming me for something I couldn't do, I couldn't help him with. It's not that we were trying to hide from it, for fuck's sake. I've had Mark on um, talking about all sorts of issues that he's seen in the past. I have no issue with that. We had no financial relationship with FTX, nothing. I just couldn't pull it off. But Mark seems to be angry at me for that. And I, you know, I'm sorry for that because I consider him a friend and it's a shame. Um, Dreams 7X, what do you think of Board Ape Yacht Club, Adidas, all that stuff? Board Ape is a media brand and a cultural brand that has built, became the fastest accumulation of value for a brand, I think, in history. Um, Tarek, who is my president of Science Magic Studios, the business I set up, is was the head of Web3 at Adidas. I love these affiliations between Web3 brands, traditional brands, where digital meets physical and culture gets tokenized. Love that whole thing. Is that what you want to invest in? Not my business to say, but I love the whole idea of it. Um, Falconer26, what are your thoughts on ARK dropping Robinhood for Coinbase? Um, Coinbase is cheap. That's my view. I think Brian Armstrong runs a very good business. They've got to tough it out through this cycle. They've got a lot of costs. I think they know that. Let's just hope that they cut their costs well enough and ride out the cycle. But um, I think there's more upside in Coinbase than Robinhood. And I think the democratization of financial markets that Robinhood does is fine. Um, do I agree with all of their business practices? No. Are they going to survive all of this? I don't know. 
but um, Coinbase generally I like. Um, okay, John Kurgan, FTX, does it speed up the long overdue regulation in this space? Well, it's exhausting, isn't it? We want this bloody regulation. I know there's a lot of libertarians who don't want any regulation, but we can't just prosecute people for something they've done without knowing they've done wrong. And then forcing people to go offshore to do stuff outside of the hand of the regulators because the regulators won't create clear guidance. And again, people like Brian Armstrong have been saying this very clearly, going to DC, as has everybody, and they're not listening. So what you ended up with was a spokesman who was a bloody crook going to DC with money, bribing people for his own business interests when the broader crypto community has stuff to say here. They're happy for some form of regulation and needs to be done sensibly that takes into account things like DeFi, which Sam Bankman-Fried was not taking into account. Um, I hope it speeds up regulation. I hope Gary Gensler loses his fucking job because his dragging of his feet and saying, we're just going to prosecute anybody that I choose to prosecute in retrospect is no way to regulate the world's largest financial market. It's irresponsible. It's not fair on individuals. It's not fair to shut people out. What they did with XRP suddenly decide in retrospect, we're going to basically shut them out of the US system. There's a bunch of retail investors who are holding it. They're forced out or they're forced not to be able to trade their tokens. It's inexcusable. You need to create better guidelines for people. Um, and it needs to be reasonable regulation. You need to listen to the industry and not shut them out and claim that you know what you're doing for your own self-interest of your job. So that's my Gary Gensler uh, rant. Leslie Sensei, what happens if Ethereum is deemed a security? I don't know. Do you? Is it going to happen? I doubt it. I think it'd be bloody stupid. I think the CFDC will fight for it to be a currency or a commodity. Um, I think it's really ridiculous and I don't think it happens. It's too big a thing. There's too many people involved. There's too many hundreds of millions of dollars of US money on the line if they do that. And I think they destroy capital creation forever if they were to do something like that to Ethereum. And that would be the end of crypto in the United States. And it would go elsewhere at the speed of light, as would all of the talent. Um, Austin Smith, do you see DeFi conforming more to traditional finance models with regulation or the inverse happening? One fact is true. If you want to live in a country, you have to abide by their rules. The key rule is pay your taxes. Because that's how countries run. KYC AML, they kind of caught, pretend it's all about money laundering. What they actually want is the taxes paid on bad stuff as well. DeFi needs to figure out KYC AML. I think we need to figure out zero knowledge proofs to do it. So therefore, you don't have to give all of your details all the time because that's the antithesis of what we're trying to do in Web3. Um, I know many people are working on this, but it needs to get done pretty urgently. Um, KYC AML done at a zero knowledge proof level would solve a lot of problems. If not, you're going to create a bifurcated system, which is an offshore system and an onshore system for regulated entities who need to operate in DeFi because all of the big financial players want to get involved in DeFi 
but fucking Gary Gensler will not make it clear what they can do and what they can't do. So they're stuck in this no man's land of having no idea, which is, again, ridiculous. We're talking about the world's biggest financial institutions going, hey, listen, guys, can you help us out here? And they refuse to do so. And instead, they prosecute tornado cash without giving any proper guidance. So if you're going to have to fight it out through every court case in the next 10 years, that is no way to run a country and no way to run a financial market and no way to encourage um, entrepreneurship in that country. So, again, let's not get on to that. Um, ben Anderson, good question. Why has China and India gone first with CBDCs before the U.S.? Very simply, the U.S. is the world's reserve currency. It controls SWIFT. It controls the euro dollar market. That is how the entire world works. It's 87% of every transaction on earth is in US dollars. So I think they kind of like the system as it is. And India and China don't want the reliance on these rails. And we've seen Iran, we've seen Russia being shut out of swift rails, and that's a geopolitical risk. So they want to move faster. They also have issues with broad populations of unbanked and poor people who need to be brought into the system. And central bank digital currencies and India's whole digital initiative has helped that at scale. So I, I think it's a net, net good thing. Steve CI or C, dominance of Bitcoin. Where do you see it by the end of 2023? Bitcoin dominance by definition will go down as new protocols come and um, the space matures. Bitcoin dominance is very high when the space is immature. As we go through um, longer periods of time with more network adoption, Bitcoin dominance goes down over time. Um, you know, if the question is, is how does Bitcoin do versus ETH? That's a different question. I think ETH outperforms because there's more network effects from ETH because there's more people building on top of the protocol and um, higher throughput and higher number of people using it on an active daily basis. Um, and so over time, I think that outperforms. Does that mean that Ethereum wins all? No, other things will do well too all about network adoption models. And so some things will come out of the blue and there'll be 10 times ETH performance in the next cycle. Um, okay, same question keeps coming up. The recession's coming, surely you haven't priced it in. Tell me a living person who doesn't know there is probably a recession coming. And then say, oh my God, it can't be priced in. Everybody knows there is a recession coming. Sentiment is the most bearish in the history of equity markets. They know it's coming. They know, every single person, well, you know, earnings are going to be revised down. No shit, Sherlock. Everybody's telling you that, but it's probably in the price. Now, are there variable outcomes that aren't in the price? A longer recession, a recession where the Fed don't cut rates even when the economy is negative 3%, stuff like that. Are there other things that could cause it? Yes. Is there a systemic problem in the global markets like 2008? There is not. I do not see it anywhere. So I don't see that kind of double dip, extra prolonged recession. But again, I could be wrong, but I don't think so. Um, okay, where do you stand on Tether and what happens if that domino falls? So that's a leading question. You think that domino is going to fall? That's far real question. And again, if you want to ask questions, subscribe to the bloody channel. I'm not just doing this for the dog and pony show. I want you to actually hit that button so you can get more updates from us, because if not, I won't bother doing these again. Thank you. That button, right? Um, Tether. I wouldn't use Tether myself. And I don't think the risk is the depegging. 
I don't know who's using Tether, not meaning it's fake usage. I mean, my guess is that regulators come down on Tether for the use of Tether to move money around the system that shouldn't be moved around the system. And I'm not talking about drug dealers, I'm talking about sovereigns. So I would just prefer to stick to the US ones. Um, see that subscribe now button keeps coming up. Just remember to do that because I'm not seeing the number of subscribers change here. Um, yeah, that's my waggy finger to tell you off. Um, so I would rather use um, USDC, something like that, instead. Um, and that's just a preference. And I think that's absolutely fine. I prefer something that's a little bit more regulated. Um, Drake's 89, do you have to subscribe to ask questions? Are you deaf, Drake's 89? Subscribe, then you can ask questions. Thank you, my friends. Um, or maybe, have you tried cotton buds? They work really well to clear the wax out of your ears. Um, Avelino Figueredo. Figueredo. Music tokenization. Can you explore how to invest right now? Um, it's not straightforward. There are music artists who are tokenizing stuff. Follow things like RAC's ecosystem and what he's doing. Follow people like Super Cooper on Twitter. Uh, follow people like Jack Spallone on Twitter, who now works with me at Science Magic Studios. Um, there are people doing stuff, but it's still pretty early stage. But I think it's one of the most interesting things out there is the use. Sorry, it's time for another glass of wine. Um, is the use of NFTs around the music industry. I think that is very interesting. Uh, Michael Brattle wrecked. What are you trying to say, Michael? You've been wrecked. You think I'm wrecked? Um, I'm not sure the value you're adding to this community. So thank you. Why don't you try adding value and you'll find that people are nice to you. Um, uh, good question about DEXs like Uniswap and Thorchain. Are they net gainers from this? I think they are. They're just a little bit difficult to use for the average person. But I think it's a really interesting idea. Um, I own a bit of Uniswap. Um, let's see how it plays out. But I do like it. But we need UX again. Better UX stuff. Um, so... Crypto or gold for now? Okay, so that's a great question. I went back and looked at the last time the Fed changed their interest rate policy or stopped hiking rates, which was 2018. I looked at the performance of assets coming out of that change. So gold did pretty well. Uh, S&P did okay. Uh, oil did okay. NASDAQ did decently well at about 20% over the next year. The riskier end, what I call the exponential age kind of tech stocks did better. They were about 25%. And the best of all was Bitcoin, which did 100% and Ethereum did I don't know, two or 300%. So in that situation, I feel that gold is for boomers. It'll do fine, but it just won't do this. Um, Okay, sorry I'm late. Algorand, Napster, FIFA. Sounds like it checks all the boxes in the growth area. What do you say, Raoul? Yes, look, I think what Algorand's doing is interesting. I know Sean from Algorand. He lives here on Ireland. Um, I think what they're doing with FIFA is interesting. I think Napster, I've spoken to John, who runs Napster. I think what they're doing is interesting. Uh, these things have not scaled yet, but I like it. I like to see these big participations in big cultural ecosystems. I think that's a good thing. Um, Coinbase, another question about Coinbase. Is it a good buy? 
um, now that FTX has gone? Well, people are actually limited in places that they can trade. And I think that Coinbase just ticks more boxes. And I think compliance people are going to be happier. So, yeah, why not? Why not? I think that's a, um, I think it makes sense. But right now, everything's feeling shit. So we're not quite sure. Um, okay. When does the next four year Bitcoin cycle end? I, I don't know. I'm not a prophet. Um, and remember, my Twitter bias says not a guru. Um, what, who's your next Adventures in Crypto guest? Fuck, I don't know, actually. But they're always good. Those Adventures in Crypto, that show, which if you sign up to Real Vision Crypto, it's free. Just give your email. That show is brilliant because I just get to choose whoever the hell I want to speak to and learn from. So whether it's Deep Web 3, whether it's somebody running a protocol, or whether it's a musician, how they're using Web 3, it's all of my learnings. And you get to listen over my shoulder. I, I absolutely love every time I get to do an interview for Rails of Venture Crypto. In fact, I know who I've got. Um, uh, she's, she's interesting. Um, you'll see when it comes out. Um, Thanks, Raoul. Let's smash that like button. Yeah, you could do that too. You know, if you've got any goodness in your cold souls, just press the like button and the subscribe button. I know we've all had a shitty few weeks, but, you know, that might make my day. And not that you care about that, but, you know, I do. It'll stop me being cranky when my wife gets home. Um, let's forget crypto from Aaron Ashton. How much news do you drink much New Zealand wine? Um you know, I think everybody in the world drinks bloody New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc, and it's it's pretty decent stuff. We don't get a broad selection, so it's always the same bloody cloudy bay. Um, and, you know, I, I used to drink some of the Cabernets, uh, Cabernet Sauvignons. I think they're pretty decent. Um, I like New Zealand wine. The climate's great for wine. Um, I'm not a massive Sauvignon Blanc drinker, uh, and I understand New Zealand makes great Pinot as well, actually. Um Okay, thoughts on the use case. This is from Game Day DOS. Thoughts on use case of NFTs within fantasy sport. We're actually doing a fantasy trading league at Real Vision, just starting that up. And your your participation token, your ability to participate is based on, on an NFT. So I actually think there's a lot to be done for that. Membership clubs, NFTs, participation rights, NFTs, all of that I think is, is super interesting. And that's not NFTs for speculative purposes, but NFTs to give you access to um, certain things. So I think that's pretty good. Um, bloody cloudy bay, ha ha ha, from HUD. Yeah, I get it. It's all we ever see is bloody cloudy bay. Um, Zane, okay, so we're in the wine conversation. Zane, second question from Zane Tan. What's your go-to wine under 100 bucks? I think we could all do a wine with this market. You can see that La Rioja Alta 904 is about as good as you get for under 100 bucks. If this was in France, it would be three, $400 bottle of wine. The other one is Vigno Tondonia from Spain. The Grand Reserva, especially if you can find it, all the Reserva is great. Um, I'm a big Rioja fan, as you know, and I will drink that all day. It's amazing wine, super elegant and massively underpriced. Okay, that's enough on the wine question. Uh, 
Exler 810, can I press your buttons? The only buttons you can press, my dear, is the like button and the fucking subscribe button. Thank you. Um, people ask me about Russia, Ukraine. I don't know. Poland, I have been in 12 hours of Zoom calls all day. I've not been following the news. I don't know. The markets don't seem to be pricing as an apocalypse. Let's wait and see. Geopolitics is not my bag. I have no zero edge to help you. Um, question, what's the leading theme for the next bull run, in your opinion? We covered this before. I think it's mass adoption, and I think it's NFTs, tickets, consumer-facing apps where you don't care or even know that you're on a blockchain. And I think Reddit's going the right way with having digital collectibles. Uh, nobody cares that, oh my God, it's on Solana, or oh my God, it's on Tezos. Nobody gives a shit. It's like, I want to store this thing and I want ownership from it. So I think that abstraction away of the underlying um, protocol is the next big thing. Um, Pro Crypto member, Jens Christian Bull. Um, Pro Crypto member, if Vol is lively in crypto now, how to engage with this as an investor in traditional assets? Uh, it depends whether you're a trader or you like selling volatility because you can you know, sell calls again. It depends how sophisticated you are. You can sell volatility. You can sell puts to get long of the market. You can sell calls against your longs to take um, take in premium. But you have to be pretty sophisticated for that. And I hate selling vol, so I don't do it. And you can't buy options because it's too bloody expensive right now. Uh, another question about Solana. Go back, watch this interview. Talked about Solana at depth. Um, do you think crypto cares about geopolitics? Uh, I think the Russia thing was a big deal. And it was a big deal because we took assets such as yachts from Russians without due process of law. We then took, essentially seized the balances of reserves of a country and locked them out of the SWIFT system and couldn't let them use it. I think that's a very important thing for crypto. And I don't think it escaped the attention of everybody from China to India to Russia to everybody else. And so I think at the margin, it's positive, much like at the margin, the collapse of the financial system in Europe and, and the banks in the US. That's where crypto came from. All of this, I think they're all part of the proof case of why crypto is so bloody important, is the ownership of your assets is sacrosanct. That's what you work for. That's your life. That's everything you do. That's your future self. Investments are just a manifestation of your future self. And really, you don't want them to rob you of that because then you rob yourself of your future self, of the opportunities that you hope that you've got for yourself in your life. So that's that. Uh, grayscale, will they convert? I don't know, but it's bloody interesting. This cheap, it's like 40 something percent. I think it was pricing Bitcoin below 10,000. Problem is those gaps can widen. I've seen that in these close-end funds before because they've been around forever in financial markets. And we used to see a lot of these in emerging market ones and they would just keep spreading wider and wider and wider. Um, I don't know. The, the SEC is just so unreadable and unreasonable that we just don't know. But I don't think it's a stupid idea, but it's probably better for sophisticated investors who want to take that risk. Um, okay, we're close to the end because I've now been talking for an hour and uh, just over an hour um carbon credits and taxes any crypto actually involved okay here's a great question today i spoke to lawson Steele, who is my go-to expert on carbon he's launched a crypto protocol um called 
Kabuki, Kabuki, which is actually tokenized EU carbon prices. And it is fully regulatory compliant in terms of it is exactly the EU carbon that goes to the EU carbon markets that we've all traded as part of some of my recommendations. Uh, this is a super interesting project. It's live now. Um, so, yeah, that that's the one I really like. Um, okay. Bill Slickover. Sounds like a Dutch name. So, Velterusten. So, good evening or good night. Um, future RV enhancements. We have a lot coming from Real Vision. We have a what we term as Real Vision 2.0 coming. We're, we're real, rebuilding the entire experience. And we have tons of new things that are going to come that are not just video. It's We want Real Vision to be the place that you live your financial life, whether it's crypto, macro, and where you basically engage in knowledge, where you learn and you learn with a community. And I can't say much more than that. But we are very community driven. We listen a lot to our community. We just had 250 people here in the Cayman Islands just a community event for people to meet each other and we listen and we're building out an enormous range of things. So we'll see some huge changes from Real Vision coming next year. And by the end of the year, it'll be an entirely different company. The same content's going to be there, all the great products, but you're going to get so much more for your membership. It's kind of ludicrous. So I, I cannot be more excited about the future of Real Vision. Right. Final question. Um, oh, here we go. The same old question every time. Uh, Jamel, Jamel, welcome. Question, thoughts on XRP? I've said this a gazillion times. XRP has a real use case. It is being used as a protocol. Uh, retailer held back because of the stupid SEC regulation and ruling that we're waiting for. Um, I think there's a gap risk higher if they get if they get the ruling. There's no gap risk lower as much. There should be some speculation. Um, but it's being used. And a chain that's being used for money transmission is a chain that has Metcalfe's law. So I have no issue with it, I own a small part. Um, oh, final question, GD, does your wife share your crypto and economic interests? Well, she's just walked in and saw me on YouTube talking about crypto and macro and walked straight past me. So the answer is no, <laughs> she doesn't really care. She's a board certified behavioral analyst uh, treating kids with autism and she's doing her, her doctorate in psychology right now. And so, she just thinks this is all ridiculous. Well, she doesn't really, but it's not really her bag. Anyway, everybody, I think I've talked myself out to death. I hope I've added some value. Have a glass of wine. It's been a shitty month um, as part of a shitty year in crypto. Um, and that's the way it goes. I've been here before. We'll be here again. And we have to keep smiling, keep holding, keep your stuff off, off exchange. Don't use leverage and buy the big sell-offs. Anyway, cheers everyone. Thanks for joining. Uh, hit the subscribe button, please, and the like button. Only 769 people have hit the like button, so for fuck's sake, if you've actually stayed here and watched this, you could do me the honor of hitting the like button, please. I'm going to wait here until we get to 800, so can you just do that? We're still at 778. Thank you, please. The like button. I'm not going to tell you a joke or anything. Come on. 13 more to go, please. The like button. Thank you.
and uh, sub- subscribe button while you're there, just not to be rude, because if not, you're just kind of using me, and I feel used by you. <laughs> anyway, good night, everyone. Best of luck, and subscribe to Real Vision while you're at it as well. Take care.